The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The Reds are fading. The Blue Jays are surging again until they fade again, but they're surging again right now. We're going to follow all the playoff races here on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, even a couple playoff ones here on the penultimate Tuesday night Rotowire Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Tuesday night podcast. Jeff Erickson with Fred Zinke here. It is the penultimate podcast for Tuesday night. Uh, we do one next week, uh, and then regular season's done, Fred. And uh, our playoff races uh, will be done. You know, Major League Baseball playoff races will be done. No extra games, no tiebreaker games. We have an actual tiebreaker uh, this year. I kind of want to see like a four-way tie in the National League just to see what chaos will ensue. But uh, it, 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 it's close to heading that way, although I fear my Reds aren't going to be there. Oh, they might be. I mean, this bounces around from one day to the next. Tonight it does. It tonight really didn't does. look. Tonight is not good. So I get it. I've been riding the same wave as a Blue Jays fan, but tonight isn't good for you. Uh, yeah, the Reds went down and they went down early. But you know what? They're as we as we speak right now, they're half a game out of the last wild card spot. So yeah, mm-hmm. they could they could be there in this tie breaking scenario. Yeah, they could be. Uh, it, they, it was their MacGyver pitching staff uh, tonight. Um, yep. You know, it was very, it was frustrating uh, to see that they have to go to that, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, they've been, you know, it's David Bell has been kind of managing with chicken wire, duct tape and uh, super glue all year with that pitching staff. I actually think he's done a fantastic job with what he's been given. Uh, others may disagree, but I actually am pretty happy with the job he's done, but it's tough. I mean, it's just really tough. When when you're you're rolling out like Brandon Williamson every five days and he's one of your better guys, Ben Lively tonight was the primary lever, and they didn't score any runs anyhow, so it didn't matter. Oh, which has also sure. kind of been par for the course for September too. Yeah, I was gonna say that pitching aside, they didn't score any runs tonight. But I mean, once they get past this series with the Twins, this has one more game. Mm-hmm. Their final three series are all against teams that are already out of contention for the playoffs. So yeah, that's good. They, they could go home this weekend and sweep the Pirates, and then. Let's see where they're at in the standings. Like I said, I've ridden this roller coaster with the Jays. When we talked last week, they were in the midst of losing four straight games to the worst team they could lose four straight games to with Texas. And then I thought they were done. And then all of a sudden they sweep on the weekend. Texas gets swept and the Mariners get swept. And, you know, then the 
Texas loses again last night and Houston loses last night and I think is going to lose tonight. And all of a sudden things are really looking up. So like the Reds could go home this weekend. Like I said, they could sweep the pirates and then they go on the road for five games next week there to get games against teams that are, are out of it. So we'll see. I don't, I wouldn't count them out. Those NL teams are so flawed that no, yeah. I don't, I think, I don't think anyone other than, than Philadelphia is going to, you know, hold, hold a berth, you know, going in that last weekend. Three home games against Pittsburgh and then at Cleveland at St. Louis. Both those both Cleveland and St. Louis would love to knock them out of the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that, you know, you know, we have interleague play against every team now, but you know, the, the red the Cleveland is the Reds interleague rival. Uh, and that they're they're playing the final week of the season seems pretty bizarro. And then of course the Cardinals would just love to knock out the Reds. Uh you know, and, and we can't count on Adam Wainwright being in there now that he's got win 200. Uh, they may shut him down. Who knows? Um, or he might be pitching well. He might have that big burden lifted off of his shoulders and he'll shut him out, too. Who knows? Uh, I think he makes so one start that weekend. I think Yeah, it looks like he's not going to start this weekend. I think he's going to make one start. A going away two- start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's going to make one home start against the Reds, whether it's Sunday, whether it's Saturday. Uh, I don't know. But I think he's going to make one home start against the Reds. We'll see what he has if he has any gas left in the tank to have one good final start after he got win two hundred, or mm-hmm. if maybe the Reds get a freebie with him and you know score six runs in the first three innings. So, anyways, I still think, like I said, like I think, I think the Reds are as likely as you know Arizona, Chicago, and Miami to be in a tiebreaker at the end of all this. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. So your Jays are actually the number two wild card team. Tampa's already clinched, by the way. They they've just pulled away from the pack. Uh, and Texas and Seattle are tied. Seattle, Texas has already lost. They've lost four in a row now. Seattle is winning two to nothing. Uh, let's look at your Jays and their schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they, they get to play the Yankees this week. And I know the Yankees have been playing well, but I think they don't play well against the Jays for some reason. But they, you know, they, they've got this fun young guys. If, if Jason Dominguez was still healthy, I don't know. It'd be, you know, be a little bit of a different story. But then at Tampa Bay against the Yankees again. And then against the, the Rays again, um, as that's we alluded, the, the Rays are setting up their player playoff rotation. That's their one priority and get through the rest of this healthy because they, they pretty much not not only have they clinched the spot, but they pretty much clinched being the four seed too. you know that they're going to be playing the five seed. Agreed. So the J schedule is tough, uh, partially because of matchups. I mean, they get the next two days, they'll get Michael King and Garrett Cole, yeah. which you know, just what you don't want with the Yankees right now. You never want Cole. And then King has pitched really well since they put him in the rotation. So those will be tough games. Um, they could you know, get a double dose of glass now too. That's right. So then they, then glass now. So that's a tough three games in a row. Uh, they do get to miss Savali and Eflin, who I would argue are the second and third best race starters sure. again. So, so that's good. And then, uh, but then next week when they do it all over again at home. Yeah, they, they do it again. That's what I mean. They get a double dose of that yeah. trio. Um, they get those pitchers again king and cole and and glass now yeah yeah and the raised ones again again unless the rays are juggling things to set up postseason but i don't think so i think they'll get all of them again so the Jays' schedule is difficult i mean their saving grace is that there's still the seven games right between seattle and texas so yeah the they, they could a, knock each other off that that's the thing some, yeah. yeah one of them you just got to hope that out of the seven that maybe one of them wins five if, yeah, that would be huge. Instead of one of them, you know, one is going to win four, but it maybe you hope one of them wins five. 
Yep. So, I mean, basically, I think the Jays are in a situation where if they play anything better than 500 ball the rest of the way, they'll probably make the playoffs. Yeah. Will Smith. One of those teams won't with them playing each other so often. Yeah. Will Smith blew one for the Rangers today yeah. uh, in the eighth inning. Um, and he's been struggling lately. He he was such a good story early. Um, and then he just got on the struggle bus. And, you know, he, he's out of the... They don't really have a set closer. Here it is, you know, two weeks left in the season. The Ranger, you asked me who the Rangers closer is this week. I I guess, was it Chapman? Is it LeClerc? I, I don't so. know. Yeah, I, I'd say it is. Like, yeah, he, he's the closest thing they have to a closer right now. It's definitely not Will Smith. So, no. Yeah, it looks like the Rangers are going to pull, pull it out tonight, although... Uh, we'll see. <laughs> There's still one inning left. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be Chapman tonight. Um, we'll know by the end. Oh no, Chapman's already pitched. He's pitching an inning in two thirds tonight. So it won't be him in the ninth inning. It won't. Oh be, yeah. Oh, be this is, my bad. That was yesterday. Yeah, The Will Smith was yesterday. Oh, okay. So, Sorry. My bad. Yeah, I know. Um, so anyways, we'll see in live time during this podcast who comes in to get the save uh, for Texas tonight. But like I said, it won't be Chapman. It definitely won't be Will Smith after last night. And ju- not just last night, like some of his recent outings. Uh, probably be Jose Leclerc tonight. Could be him. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I guess That'd there be must have guess. been a, you know, it's in Texas, so it couldn't have been a range It's just a slow game. I just, mm-hmm. yeah, soon yeah. it was over. Yeah. My bad. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Houston, you know, last week, you know, two weeks ago, Toronto had that, Oakland, Kansas City sweet spot in their schedule and used it to used it wisely. Mm-hmm. Houston did not. Houston had the same schedule last week and did not really take full advantage of it. And they lost again last night to Baltimore. They're losing to Baltimore again tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I they're still in first in the division, but man, they're just they're not running away with this. They I keep thinking that they're they're easily the best team in the division, but here they are losing tonight and only one and a half games up. They can they could lose a game of Pete a game to each Seattle and Texas tonight. Yeah, that's right. And they're still not, excuse me, <clears throat> done with Baltimore. So I was noting in our, putting in our notes that um, Hunter Brown pitches, is pitching tonight. And man, he has been awful, like absolutely awful. With one uh, exception. If you t- yep. If you take out April, like since April ended and it, and it almost progressively worse, like yeah. not totally, but 470 ADRA in May, he bounced back 365 in, in June, but then. 592 in July, 623 in August. After tonight, they was 608 in September going into tonight. So, I mean, even worse than that uh, after tonight. Like, he's been in fantasy completely unplayable and with a really at least good enough strikeout to walk rate. Like, his strikeouts per inning have been pretty consistent all season, month to month. His walks have been pretty consistent month to month. He was lucky in April. He didn't give up any homers. Since then, the homers have been consistent. He's given up a few too many homers, but not enough to fully justify like like an ERA this bad. Um, But he has been, like I say, like completely unplayable. He looked like a great waiver wire or late round find in April, Mm -hmm. and like and has been yeah awful since then. So that rotation, I like Christian Javier's had a lot of struggles. JP France, yeah. the blooms come off the rose a little bit. He, like he had, he, he it wasn't that rosy to begin with either. Well, yeah, from an ERA perspective, <laughs> it was really rosy. Like as far as just him getting results, I remember us discussing that in mid August that if you had him in fantasy, like I know he shouldn't be doing this well, but he's got a two something ERA and you've 
so is your team from him. But he mm-hmm. had the one blow up. Since the one blow up, he's had two solid starts and two not not good. Well, like basically a run per inning start. So he's regressed. Yeah, this I, I we keep coming back to that Houston's the best team in that division. It, but that's somewhat predicated on them having a good pitching staff, and they just don't. You right. Know. That's Christian right. Javier for, gives for, up three or four starts, three or four runs every start. Yeah. Right. For about the first three months of the season, they had the best ERA in baseball and then they, they, they yeah. kind of steadily gone downhill. Um, I'm going to ask you a question then I'm going to let this cat out of the room. I don't know if everybody's been hearing her, but okay. I, I have awesome. not. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Christian Javier next year, what are you going to do with them? Go. Oh, I would say next year, Christian Javier <sighs> SP four i'd say about an sp4 um yeah i would have to see something really different during spring training probably to put him up any higher than that so i mean he has a pretty good track record of success prior to this year um Mm -hmm. but this year the second half of this year well it's not just the second half of this year it started a little bit before that but everything since june on um you know is going to be an era over five in every month so yeah i'd say sp4 maybe five actually maybe i'll go all the way down to sp5 and how about uh, Hunter Brown? I you know I know it's been really Bench awful pick. lately, but the K to walk's still good. It's yeah. I think he hit a rookie wall. To be honest, yep. well he he hit the rookie wall in May, kind of <laughs> unfortunate. So because it's not like he did get like I don't know. I I'd say for Hunter Brown, SP seven six seven. You know, like like kind of where you're not. Like he's probably starting the season on your bench. Yep. By the way, the yeah. answer on the Texas question, thanks to Todd Zola, Jose Leclerc gets the ninth tonight. There it is. Uh, there but it is. how often do you see, like, it's, I mean, last year we saw the Dodger. It was, yeah, there was the last year. Uh, the Dodgers made a really late change. Remember the Yank Kim roll, like two, like two weeks left in the season, maybe even a week left into the season out of the roll. Had to. So, I mean, it's happened, but you just don't see contenders have this much instability. It's one thing when it's like, okay, we definitely have a committee or something like that. It's another thing when they're just trying to feel around for a solution. I feel like that's the latter with the Rangers. Yeah. And I just don't, I think calling the Rangers contenders is kind of generous. If you take out the four games in Toronto, like they've been just awful for the past, you know, three or four weeks. Like they, yeah, but the whole season matters though. It does. It does. I just, the way Texas is playing, I just don't see them getting past the first probably I like I wouldn't even pick them to beat Minnesota I wouldn't pick them to beat Minnesota right now yeah. they might not even make the playoffs that's the they thing. may they're not pl- and if but they- they're plus 149 on the year so I mean I mean they yeah, built up yeah. a lot of goodwill I mean I, I okay and it, I'm old enough to remember the Reds last World Series uh 1990 the Reds went on a tear early in the <laughs> season um and we're just mediocre in the second half no no one more emblematic of that than Jack Armstrong started the all-star game wasn't in the rotation by the time they got to the playoffs um they swept their a's in the world series still um as i may have mentioned this scott once or 17 times on the podcast on <laughs> sunday night but um point is that you know you earn that goodwill to get in the playoffs and you know anything can happen there uh Recent form can, I, I think sometimes we put too much on recent form. It's, it's probably true. The, I guess the, the the time when that would come in the most is when you look at, like when there's been changes to the names and, and you look at the names and you're like, yeah, this, like if you look at the Rangers bullpen and you decide, mm-hmm. okay, not only have they been doing poorly, but like, I don't think the talent's there. Yeah. Um, the one thing about the Rangers is their rotation. If Evaldi could get going, like, like Jordan Montgomery's been really consistent this year. 
like gray, gray uh, losing Scherzer is just such a big deal. I just don't think they have it. I just yeah. don't. Well, yeah. losing Scherzer and losing the effective version of Evaldi. I mean, that's just, I know that's a, that's it's a huge. one, two punch. Yeah. I really think that if they do squeak in, they're one and done, no matter whether they play Tampa or Minnesota. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's right. Which means <laughs> now that I've said that, it means they'll be in the ALCS. Yeah, it <laughs> could, yeah. Be. could yeah. be. Well, I mean, the Dodgers, look at the Dodgers. I mean, the Urias thing is terrible for them. I mean, it's yeah. just terrible, period. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, you know, what a, what a horrible person. Uh, but it, it just, but it just kills the Dodgers too, because they are already a little shaky in the rotation. You're looking at Kershaw, who is going like four or five innings tops now, and his shoulder is like hanging by a thread, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then you get two kids, most likely. They already have committed to Bobby Miller being in the playoff rotation. They should. Mm-hmm. And I think Pepio has got to be in there, too. I think yep. I'd take Pepio over Lynn right now. Yeah, probably. And then if they're if they're in a make it far enough where they're in a seven game series, Lynn maybe gets game four. He gets one start mm-hmm. during the series. And who knows how long that'll last. I don't know. They can hit, especially they've got all those left handed hitting outfielders. Um, they can hit. I mean, it's like, like, and then they've got the right handers on the bench. They've got a neat lineup where the top five is awesome. Betts, Freeman, Smith, Muncie, Martinez. Yep. And then, and then they can, they can go lefty, lefty, lefty in the outfield, or they can go righty, righty, righty with Rosario Taylor and uh, Kike Hernandez. So it's a really kind of cool setup. Like it could almost mm-hmm. replace their outfield mid game if they wanted to. So it's a really good lineup. Um, I actually think the Phillies are a much more complete team um, as far as just because they're like the Phillies have some star power in their lineup, Schwarber, Turner, Harper, you know, Real Muto, Alec Baum, Bryson Stotts had a really good season. Nick Castellanos is way down their lineup. Yeah. Um, and then in the rotate, but in the rotation, like Zach Wheeler could go out and throw a gem at any time. Aaron Nola's had a rough year, but like, if he went out in the playoffs and threw seven shutout innings, none of us would be surprised at all. Correct. You know, and then they've just got some interesting ones after that. Like Chris Sanchez, he didn't have a good start. Christopher Sanchez didn't have a good start tonight, but he's been generally pretty solid for them. Ranger Suarez mm-hmm. is like, like pro- now we're kind of getting into kind of what the Dodgers have, but the, the Phillies just have those top pitchers in their ro- those aces in their rotation. I think they're a, maybe a bigger threat to the Braves in some way, but the Dodgers always get it done. So I, I have a hard time going away from them yeah. as far as just which teams could threaten the Braves the most. Yeah. Well, the Phillies are lined up to play the Braves in this, in the ALDS. I mean, right. they have to get past whoever ends up being the five in the NL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's the Dodgers. I mean, it could break pretty nicely for the Dodgers that, you know, they, they, they face the Brewers or the number six, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that, that they, they avoid the team that's most dangerous in the Phillies, uh, until they get to the, the NLCS. And maybe by then they've got some, you know, more stabilization with that, or maybe, maybe they've been exposed. One of it could be that way too. Or maybe the, something happens with the Braves. Like maybe the Braves yeah. don't get there or maybe the Braves get there, but by then mm-hmm. they've got injuries or right? the rotation battles a little more. Even. They've got their own rotation issues, by the way, the Braves yep, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Wright's awful. And like, he's not, he's not right. No pun intended right mm-hmm. now. Well, uh, he's been banged up again. Yeah, Charlie Morton hasn't been effective lately. Um, like putting on a ton of base runners. If he pitches like this in the postseason, like he's going to last three innings in his starts. Yeah. Uh, three or four innings. So yeah, for sure. Um, now the Braves yeah. are equipped to win games 10 to nine, but they may have to do so. I mean, that, that's yeah. the thing. 
yeah, I do like the Braves bullpen better um, than the Dodgers. Um, so like that'll matter if, if neither team can get consistent starting pitching. And mm-hmm. obviously the Braves lineup this year has been second to none. Um, Acuna with two homers and a stolen base tonight, like just pushed him ahead of himself ahead of Mookie Betts in OPS, at least temporarily. We'll see where uh, all that. Goes. I got to say Freeman gets underrated in the MVP, the MVP talk, you know, all, you know, he gets overshadowed by bats. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. he's got 20 stolen bases, 20. Yeah. You know, the reason why he wasn't going in the top five is because he's theoretically didn't run. Um, that's going to change next year. Uh, yeah. Although, I mean, even last year he had 13 and 13 in last yeah. year's landscape is probably equivalent to 20. Probably something, something like it. But we were all year. like, oh, that won't, you know, obviously yeah, he won't, he won't, won't steal 13 again. But how many will he get? Eight? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. 20. Yeah. 20. Yeah. 20 on 21 attempts and hitting 335. After 325 last year, 300 mm-hmm. the year before, that was, and then in the shortened season, 341. Like his his career average is 301, but really, like the last five or six years, like you can actually feel safe projecting him to not hit 300, to hit like 310, 315, like as a reasonable projection. That's nuts. So, yeah, I agree with you that he does get overshadowed in the MVP talk. I think the MVP is Acuna. I think, but I think. And I think just Betts has overshadowed Freeman and maybe they split the vote a little bit, which yeah. makes Acuna even more likely. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, yeah. Matt Olson's got 52 homers and he's like fourth in this race and he'd be like, yeah, in some it, other it, he'd years. be a shoe in in other years, especially no, with true. that shiny RBI total too. True. So, yeah. So actually I'd never even thought about it in those exact terms, but I guess the Braves and the Dodgers have the top four they would have the top four contenders for the NL MVP. Who's the top non-brave Dodger in the MVP race? So if you go by OPS, it's Juan Soto. Um, But on a terrible team context this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Well, if you go to the next guy in OPS, it's Bryce Harper, but he missed a ton of games, so it probably shouldn't be him. If you go after that, it's Cody Bellinger. He missed a lot of games. Um, I guess at least Harper and Bellinger's teams are in the, in the postseason. How about this? The next person, I would give you a lot of guesses. You probably wouldn't get this in OPS in the National League is actually Marcelo Zuna. That's insane. Like that this is, is <laughs> an afterthought, not an afterthought. In the not even lineup, an afterthought. But, yeah. But 35 homers and he hits in the second half of that lineup. Yep. He's an afterthought um, on his own team. That's, that's crazy. What I'm saying. And then one of the next, there's only another there's Corbin Carroll. He can, I was just going to say Corbin Carroll. If you're looking at, I'm yeah. using like our earned auction value tool. Yeah. And Corbin Carroll, I know he's, he's had, he's, he he's faded some in the second half, but yeah, he scored like he's over a hundred runs scored. He's got over, he's got like 72 RBI from the leadoff spot for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, in his rookie season, he stole another base tonight. So he's up to 48 stolen bases. I mean, he's nuts too. I mean, and Arizona's contending. Arizona's yeah. punching above their weight. Uh, you get, which yeah. I, I love to see. I mean, Corbin uh, Carroll is, if you also, if you look at war on fan graphs, Corbin Carroll is the next player on the list. Um, other than the Braves and the Dodgers players who is on an NL team and in a playoff spot. Yep. So he's probably next. Now I did mention in our notes that like, so Corbin Carroll is definitely a first round pick next year in fantasy. Right. Oh uh, yeah, he, I think so. I, I think, I so think too, that, but he has tailed off like, Mm-hmm. Like, I think I said he's going into saying he was hitting 265 with six homers since the all-star break. Like the speed's there. The speed is the steals are without question. 
Yeah. But he has tailed off from like, as far as a batting perspective, he has tailed off a lot in the second half. Yeah, he has, but remember he was battling a bad shoulder and it's yeah. his first full season in the major. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I, he gets the benefit of the doubt. I think everything you're doing fantasy wise, he absolutely gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think I think you know, if someone says like you're never going to be in a room where a lot of people say, "You know what? Let's take a second half and double that and see what that looks like because it looks not <laughs> very good." I think you're going to have people saying, "Let's take his first half and double that because you know, next year he won't hit the wall. You'll have some people in every room who say that. Yeah. So hot take. Both of those approaches are wrong. Right. <laughs> so I think I just think that you'll yeah, you'll have people who will look at him. Let's say he finishes with 25 homers who will say, you know what, he doesn't hit the wall next year, he hits 30 homers. You'll have mm-hmm. some people in the room who will say that. And uh but and I think if he gets to around 50 steals at 47, I think everyone in the room will feel like the 50 steals is pretty bankable. Um, at his age and with his speed. So yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a first round pick next year, but when you start delving into the first round with the extra steals, now there are a lot of options. He's, yep. he's, he's a first round pick, but he's not like where you're like, Oh, there's a huge drop off right after Like the guys after him are still like Trey Turner. Like they're really, really good players. Yeah, yeah. exactly. By the way, yeah. Trey Turner's recovery Awesome. Uh, is, you know, for everybody, and I think we've mentioned this last week, but all, for all the hand wringing about, oh, can't believe I took him over Acuna. I mean, still yeah. com- egregiously wrong, but he's been great in the second half. Uh, and he's he's now sitting at 26 homers and 27 stolen bases, 75 yeah. and 96 RBI and runs. I mean, he he's going to bring back first round value or close to it. Um, yeah, that's a. When you draft number, you know, obviously you don't want to miss out on Acuna because I mean, that's, that's like $40 of value difference. But other than that, I mean, you're, you want with your first round rounder, you want to get first round value. I mean, yeah. so it's not a total miss. No. And I, like you said, with what he's done in the second half, like I could make an argument for sure. Like when you're making arguments for these guys, as first round picks, I can make an argument that he was a top five pick in every draft this year. Mm-hmm. He got off to a slow start in Philly after he signed the big contract. Then he came around, looks exactly like himself, and that next year he should be projected to hit over 300 with about 30 steals. And, you know, he's get, might set a career high. He'll be around his career high in home runs. So you say, hey, I got a guy here in a good lineup. Phillies have a good lineup. And, mm-hmm. you know, not the best, but a good one. And I think this guy can hit next year, you know, close to 30, be about a 30-30 guy with 300 average. And then you say, why can't he go right back into the top five next year? Except he probably can't because you start looking at the monster counting stats that some guys like Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt and Corbin Carroll, because they steal some of these guys steal so many bases. Um, and then maybe Turner just can't get in there, but he's still a first rounder for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I kind of think next year, if I don't pick first, uh, I think I'd like to just pick later. Like, Are you going to take Turner you always like the middle first next year? What's who that, are you sorry? taking? Who are you taking bef- uh, earlier, Turner or Juan Soto? Oh, Turner. Yeah, Turner for sure. I'm not sure. For sure. With Soto, for me, for sure. Yeah, I, I just with Juan Soto, like the steals aren't there; they're not happening. And then he has ten stolen bases. Yeah, but that's yeah, that, that's it. Like I don't think they're ever every year. I feel like every year in spring training they do this. Juan Soto is going to run more thing, and every year it's like kind of the same. Like like he's got ten one year, he had twelve one year, he had nine. He's had a couple years of six. Like it's kind of all the same. Mm-hmm. So he's Contract like a ten year too, by the way, next year. Yeah, for sure. So he'll probably play really well. Um, but we're you know like 
he still he still hasn't hit 35 home runs in a season. Um, he could. He's, he's, he still could. He's at oh, 32. He still could. He maybe will next year, but he may this think, year. <laughs> yes, you're. Oh, you're right. Actually, you're right. You're right. I'm just assuming you won't hit three more here in the last week and a half. Um, 267 average going into tonight after a 242 last year. Like I know that he is an on base machine and um and a really good player, like an awesome real life player, better in real life than in fantasy. But I just think that with all the numbers being thrown out there, like you can't take him over Matt Olson, for example, like. That also yeah. hits 50 home runs in the best lineup in baseball. And they're all coming back next year. Like, I just feel like you can't take him over him. For example, like, I don't think you can take him over Turner, Corbin Carroll, Freddie Freeman, Kyle, Kyle Tucker. Tucker. How yeah. do you take him over Aaron judge? Like Aaron judge is still one of the best. He's had some injuries this year. He's still one of the best hitters in baseball. Bobby he Witcher. hasn't brought the value. He's hitting 254 this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we, I think we all knew some regression would come and, and the stolen bases have melted away for sure. And and the Yankees not having a good lineup has has hurt him. But I just I don't know how a guy who's just one year removed from sixty two homers, um, and one hundred and thirty one RBIs and one hundred and thirty three runs scored can fall out of the first round. Yeah, I hear. So you. he's probably got to be in there. And but like I say, Bobby Witt Jr. Fernando Tatis, he's got like we got twenty five surefire top fifteen players. Pretty much. So I think <laughs> like for me, um. I mean, we haven't even mentioned pitchers and we haven't even mentioned Otani and there's Jose Ramirez, who's actually kind of like Trey Turner, where he didn't really meet expectations this year. But then when you look at his overall stat line, you're like, actually, it's pretty good. Like, it's not yeah. that far off what we were expecting. The from counting him. stats have suffered a lot because of the Cleveland. For lineup. sure. Yep, for sure. And, and you know, he didn't. The homers are down a little bit and, you know, he, he didn't boost his run game with the rest of baseball that's what else hurts Trey Turner he has 26 bags I'm not gonna totally about that yeah for sure but he's kind of just like last year at 20 the year before he had 27 he's kind of stealing bases this at a similar rate to what he was before the rules change and that's Trey Turner so that's Mm -hmm. Trey Turner too like like Trey Turner is going to finish around 30 steals which last year or two years ago you'd be like amazing 30 steals and then this year it's still really good but it's not what it was you know when you've got these guys who are stealing well, forget Acuna, but you still have other guys who are stealing 40 or 45 or right. So, mm-hmm. so that's the other thing is like Trey Turner or Jose Ramirez is their high, high twenties steal total. Doesn't mean as much as it used to be. Yeah. So like I say, Ramirez has been disappointing almost across the board. The batting average isn't, um, mm-hmm. but he's still, but when you step back and look at it, like the homers, the steals, the batting average still good. Like he's still a borderline first round pick. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alexander Canario just hit a grand slam. He had like one at bat going into the day, I think. And he just hit a grand slam. The Cubs dugouts going wild. It's pretty funny. Uh, (laughs) It was a prospect that uh, some Cub fans, I I saw Sarah Sanchez, for instance, wishing he'd get more chances to play. And here you go. That was good. Uh, Going back to Juan Soto. uh, He just stole, you know, he stole base, stole base number 11. Had to win a challenge because they originally, originally called out, stole third base. Uh, Todd Zola chimes in the park switch from national stadium to Petco is a sneaky big downgrade. Soto's averages drop more than oh. just the park factor, but yes, yeah. it hurt him quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a scenario that's not going to change when you're right. Right. Not changing when you're ranking him for next year. Yeah. Uh, but he so. might be elsewhere. I mean, the Padres I are going to have a very weird off season. Uh, 
by the way, Soto then just got picked off third base by the catcher. Oops. Um, he, <laughs> he's listening away. to us instead of focusing on the game. Come on, Juan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not doing that. But uh, bad base running there. Uh, there, But, you know, the Padres spent a boatload of money mm-hmm. and haven't got the returns. I mean, they've gotten the attendance returns. I mean, third highest attendance in baseball. That, that'll pay a lot of bills. But they also lost their TV contract because of the Bally's fallout thing. Um, so they might pair off. I mean, they also have a bunch of guys that are free agents. Snell's a free agent. Uh, Hater is a free agent. Seth Lugo is a free agent. I think Waka will opt out. I mean, they, they might be retooling. We'll see what happens with them. Are they going to re-up again? I know they were rumored at one point to be all in on Otani. I don't know if that changes, especially with them having Tommy John, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk, we'll get to in a second here, but I'm very curious to see the Padres off season. Yeah, I because the Padres tend to go dramatic in one direction or the other, I feel like that's what'll happen. But mm-hmm. I, I have a hunch that they'll just looking at that from the outside, I think you just run it back and try it again because some guys like like Tatis just have the potential to play so much better yeah. than they did this year. Machado. Like Machado's OPS dropped like hundred and thirty points this year. Tatis Tatis reminds me, like I think the comparisons are are really easy between him this year and a, a little bit, but between him this year and Acuna last year, where they're coming off like a really long layoff, they're coming off injuries. They come back in mm-hmm. the first year back, they're good, but they're not like they used to be, but they're young and they're super athletic and super talented. Right. So the next year, if he rolls into spring training with a health, having come off a healthy off season, like all of a sudden he's back to the nut. Like he was, his OPS was like well over 900 every year in those first three seasons that right. he played this year is a little below 800. So I think if you're the Padres, you try to fix your pitching staff and you guess that these hitters will bounce back next year. Yeah. And then yeah. I, I guess so. Uh, I mean, yeah. then you've got like, though, like you already got the Hassan Kim breakout season. Right. I mean, you, you did get the massive regression season from Cronenworth, and now you're stuck with his long-term contract, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Stuck with a really long-term contract in Bogarts. That's not going to age well, I don't think. No. Um, but then again... But at least he can be like a like a guy. Like He, he can at least just be like a... Yeah. It's a bad contract, but he can at least just... He can be a good player for a few years, but exactly. it's, it's going like, to age good, really poorly, great. I feel like. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Good, not great. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to talk Otani, but first yeah. got to take care of a little bit of business. Uh, talk with our friends from Home Run Index. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up. Also, we're on the Blue Wire Network. Here are their ads. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty. Shohei Otani had his Tommy John surgery today, uh, early this morning. Um, not a surprise that it happened. You knew it was going to have to happen at some point. Um, it, it until he signs with another team, the angels are responsible for his medical care, but you know, obviously after, you know, after the season's over, he can kind of go whichever way he wants to there. And the angels crack medical staff, maybe they want to go elsewhere, but he wants to go elsewhere. But <laughs> more importantly for our purposes, what are you doing with him next year? And how does this affect his own personal free agency, knowing he can't pitch until 2025? Yeah. So, well, let's start maybe with the free agency. Um, okay. <laughs> and then, and then how well will he pitch? In tw- I think he will pitch well in 2025. I think he still gets, he's not going to get the contract that he, that he was like the full contract he was going to get. I still think he ends up on the Dodgers. I do. Okay. I still think he ends up on the Dodgers on a big contract. Do you think that's right? Um, I think that is right. Uh, I just, I'm just curious though. Like, our team's gonna like? Did he just lose a hundred million dollars because? He oh can't yes, pick? yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. and absolutely. Is there are there going to be teams that say we want you only as a hitter? Uh, no. Is is 
or is everybody kind of just embraced that he's he's a two way he's he's too awesome as a pitcher that we can't pass this up because I do think there is like some toll that it takes you know that you yep. have to go six man rotation when you have Otani, uh, you know, and you know you're you're paying for a year where he's not pitching that you're rehabbing him and you probably have him sit every once in a while when he's rehabbing in his pitching you know he might go down and do a rehab start miss a game and and then come back up the next day i know i know there's like a special rule that you can go down to the minors pitch a rehab game go back with the big club but chances are you're going to miss some major league games because of that yeah probably i think you know yeah i think maybe we got a little carried away with his pitching value like he's never had yeah. a season last year he threw 166 innings that was a career high by a significant amount and mm-hmm. um so i think a team's going to have to look critically at how many innings they think he'll be throwing when he does come back in 2025 that being said he's a really good starting pitcher um he's an awesome hitter i think that any team that gets him will have to pay him and play him as a in the long run as a two-way player because i think any phone call that starts with we only see you playing as a hitter will just not that phone call won't go anywhere i i tend to agree with you actually so he's and he's earned that right so I think the only the team who signs him will value him as a two-way player. He yeah. did lose a lot of money because like you said not only are you throwing away one season of him pitching, but then, you know, the second year it's the first year back from Tommy John and the innings and etc. and then all the way and then there's obviously the the significant I wouldn't say significant but like notable unknown of does he come back from this and pitch as well as the pitcher that he was prior. So, yeah. he and he might be able to he, he he's not an older pitcher we've seen no, even older pitchers come back from it so but yeah like his bar previously was superstar pitcher like mm-hmm. 301 era in his career like can he come back and have something similar to that it, it, or is that not what teams are paying for like i said i still think it'll be the dodgers i think but i do think he lost 100 million dollars in this i mean it's the second tommy john too yeah yeah um just the track yeah. record of double Tommy John guys isn't great. Yeah. Uh, pitching wise. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is, he is special, but still, um, it is, is concerning. I'd handicap it here. I'm going to, I'll give you my can. I'll rank the candidates. I think in terms of likelihood of signing him Dodgers one, I think we agree on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say Mariners two, mm-hmm. giants, three Padres, four, Yankees five dark. Yeah, I think go, he sticks West coast. Then we go way yeah. over to the West coast after that. Yeah. Yeah. And then angels 10, uh, there's four mystery teams, then angels. I think it's, it's, I think the angels are done. I mean, I, in fact, I think they trade trout this off season too. I don't, yeah, me too. and if they trade trout, there's no way he signs with the angels. Then it's like off the board. Uh, I think the angels are, I think 10 was favorable, but yeah, I, I think, think you're right. They're probably, I couldn't say, I wouldn't say 20 because there's it's, so many, Really only because he he's familiar with them and all that blah 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 but i think right. he wants he wants to try another challenge there um well, i yeah. think he's got to look at trout too and how many years has trout been a long-serving upstanding angel who doesn't play in the playoffs and right right if you're otani if you if you, you don't want I, that you yeah. do not you do not so i think it i think it's like for that reason i think it's the dodgers but like you said seattle or someone like seattle could sell them on we've got a lot of really good pitching staff we've got julio rodriguez like come and join in this lineup yeah absolutely who's a let's have some fun who's a potential mystery team that could go after him texas that was exactly who i was going to nominate yeah um because they'll spend and yes 
And right. now, and, yeah. Yeah. I, that would be, yeah. Texas was the first one to pop. I was thinking I moved in a little bit off the coast. Yeah. Maybe Houston too, for that matter. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I don't, never, I don't usually see feel like Houston makes those kind of signings, but maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Won't be our Reds. Won't be the Blue Jays. Nope. Um, I could be the Blue Jays actually. I just he'll be out of their ball. No pun intended. He'll be out of their ballpark as far as what the price tag is. Yeah. Well, the the weakness yeah. of the Canadian dollar doesn't help. Does not uh, help. But and the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays do have a, they have a strong payroll. I'm not actually complaining about that. Right. But, he just, yeah, what he, I don't, especially with Bichette and Guerrero both needing eventually long-term contracts if they're going to stay in mm-hmm. Toronto, like signing him, it just, it won't be in the budget. Right. Well, and you already have, like, it won't be the Orioles. You already have son of Angelos talking yeah. about how it's going to be impossible to keep this core together. You know, yeah. Th- let them enjoy the season, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just don't, don't say wrong things. That's all we ask. Mm-hmm. Just don't make it, don't make it worse. Uh, Cubs. Cubs yep. would be fun. Yep, absolutely. Be terrible for me, but they I mean, yeah. they already have Seiya Suzuki there too, so they they they're not afraid to go overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, possibility there. Yep, that's know. another team that would that has shown in the past that they will pay for for players and yeah. But you know they went and did this rebuild thing and they're kind of starting to come out of it. Yep, he he could make sense there. Yeah, he could. Yeah, but All I right. don't think he'll even go that far east. I think I do agree with you. I think he stays. Probably on the West Coast, Texas, maybe. But I think he stays right on the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cautionary tale. Not all free agents really work out. I mean, Carlos Correa, it's on our outline. He's shut down again. He played yesterday. He had an MRI on his foot. Uh, and then, but he missed time over the weekend. Two teams backed out of a contract on him over the offseason. Mm-hmm. The Giants and then the Mets. And they're looking pretty smart for doing so. Yeah, absolutely. He like 230 average. 18 home runs, 7-11 OPS. Like those are really below average numbers for for an everyday player. A 7-11 yeah. OPS, like that's someone who should be getting paid very little. So, um, yeah, I don't know where you take Correa next year in drafts. I'm always the anti-Correa guy. Me so, too. I like he just he doesn't steal bases at all. Like he hasn't right. stole one since 2019. Um, he no longer hits for like he doesn't really hit for high average. It's fine. It's career 272. Like it's fine, but it's not that helpful. And he's kind of like a 20 homer guy. Meh. Yeah. Like 20 I was just going to say, where's the ceiling? Where's the this, upside in, in this environment, like 20 homers, 270 and no steals, like from middle infielder, like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, not, it's not, it's not doing it for me. And like, and you, where you said no ceiling, like we can rule out any increase in steals. It's not happening. He didn't right. even attempt one this year. Right. There seems the twins to be are no... experts at that getting stars that can't run. Yeah. Uh, or that they, they don't want to run. They don't want to run. It seems to be, and, and the power seems to have no real ceiling because it's not like his power has gone up and down in his career. And you're like, well, he did have those couple years where he, like, there's none of that. It's just consistently like around 20, maybe mm-hmm. gets up to around 25 the odd time. But the, like the odds of him becoming a 30 homer player at this point, um, seem really unlikely and he hasn't hit he hasn't hit over 280 or sorry he hit 291 last year so he hasn't hit 300 since way back in 2017 he could have a helpful batting average anyways i think he's just a guy in a 15 team league who rounds out your infield um in a 12 team league i would not want to draft him i'd rather take someone at that point in the draft with upside yep 
Unfortunately, yeah. you know, teammate Royce Lewis is learning the way of injured star twins. Yes, he, he left is. today with hamstring tightness. Yeah, uh, he's on the Byron Buxton plan. Uh, just so nice. And he, he's been play that great. Way. Go on the IL play great. Go on the IL twice yeah. with devastating injuries, including one where he slipped on ice, um, yeah. and fra- you know, destroyed his knee on that. Yeah. And then he, you know, hurt himself last year, the torn ACL. I mean, he's such a good player, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's just, he's going to be an interesting one for drafts yep. because like, if you, do, if you do any of those straight line extrapolations, like you can almost not quite triple, but like from his at bats, 214 at bats, he's hitting 308 with 15 homers and six steals. Like, like someone out there may believe that this guy could hit 35 or 40 home runs next year. And he could mm-hmm. like, he's young and he's really good. And maybe he steals 15 bases. Like someone out there might say, this guy's going to hit 35 home runs, steal 15 bases and hit 300. We like, were talking about it on Sunday night. Um, He's 52 RBIs in 57 games going into yeah. tonight. He might, he could be like a third round player next year. He could be. Yeah. And it's, could, the, it's the old, it only takes one, like in a draft room. It only takes one. Royce one Lewis or Corey Seager next year. Who do you got? Probably oh, Seager, right? Corey Seager. Yeah, yeah. Corey Seager. Sorry, that's a bad but this, the, that you're, you're kind of said that, my, I'm like, mm. You're kind of speaking my language where I go with the established guy anyways, but yeah, yeah for sure, Corey Seager. Yeah. yeah. And I was just trying to think of like kind of a like player. Guy that's missed some time over the years, including this year, but it's just so ridiculously good when he's healthy. Royce Lewis or Bo Bichette? <sighs> Bo Bichette, who hit his 19th home run tonight, and he's played, he's a little bit injuries, but he's going to play 135 games this just year. He doesn't so. run as much anymore. He doesn't. And so, he's running slower and slower. He's not quite yeah, on he's a 300 hitter. Plan, but, like he, you know. Yeah, he's, he's basically a 300 hitter. He's 298 in his career. So. Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like maybe Royce Lewis will hit more home runs, steal more bases. So if you think Royce Lewis can also provide like a 290 batting average, then I would think you would want him over Bo Bichette. Yeah. Bo Bichette hits in the heart of the lineup, but I, I, you have to assume if Royce Lewis is is actually like a 900 OPS type guy, he's going to hit in the heart of the lineup. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that's an interesting one. Like, Bo Bichette was a first-round pick this year. Yeah, he was. He won't be I, next year. Who would you take? Uh, I'd probably still take Bichette over Lewis. Me too. But I think I would too. But it's close. That one's it, more it's, of a it's one that gives me cause for pause, for sure, 100%. Mm-hmm. Now that uh, we've concluded that Bichette's just not running. Yeah, yeah. not running well, at least. Mm-hmm. Oh, <sighs> I keep... To go all the way back, where would you take Otani right now? I would take Otani in the first round still. Even the, without him picking. back or near the front? Like ten, okay. Uh, maybe kind of higher because he he runs enough, uh, and and we know he's just batting every day. The problem is he's a DH, um, and that's going to hurt him a little bit. It right. hurts us a little bit. Um, but you know, he was going to go top five until this happened. That's what I'm saying. And now I I just like I don't know. I don't think you can take him now over Betts, Bobby Witt, Julio, mm-hmm. Tatis. Tatis is Kyle. an interesting one. But. I don't know if you can take him over Kyle Tucker, Freddie yeah. Freeman. Like, why would you take him a over lot Freddie? of good options? Like, why <laughs> would you take him over Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman's always awesome and he's perfectly healthy. It's so funny because like this year there was like a clear top five, maybe yep, six. There was. It was, it was kind Tucker. of five. Yep. Yep. Um, and then there was a drop off. And then some people said, no, I'm putting T- Otani up there. And those people were right. Um, so then, okay. So this year, I, I mean, next to this upcoming year, I feel like. 
there there's like 15 people I want. So maybe I'm pretty happy drafting towards the back end of the first round. Like you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think so too. Or uh, yeah. Or I think, yeah, maybe a, yeah. Pick like, like even like 11th and you have some choices, mm-hmm. right. You pick like 11th or something like that. And we have some, have some options and um, you still get someone really good in the second round. Yeah. Let me ask yeah. you this, Blake. Let's go to the pitching side of things. Blake Snell, seven innings, got a no hitter going. 104 pitches, as Todd Zola points out. So he probably won't finish it. But what do you do with Blake Snell next year? And I know the answer is it depends on where he signs. But um, <laughs> how early does Blake Snell go next year? And are you willing to pay for that? It's <sighs> um... really complicated. So I probably won't be unless I really do an about face on Blake Snell because I'm just kind of never the Blake Snell guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I maybe I, I I'm gonna have to maybe think about that being the Blake Snell guy. I probably won't be. I just he's not a whip guy, and that really bothers me. Like as good as he's been this year, he's has yeah. a 122 whip going into tonight. Yep, and this that's but, best case scenario, right? Yeah, you know, and I think the we walk rates the walks are never going away. That I think is, we talked about this, yeah, right a couple weeks ago that like. Like we don't really want to start your team with a guy who hurts your whip or at yep. least doesn't help it. So I just, yeah, I think, I think I'm not the guy for him. Yeah. But I do think people will, someone will draft him as an ACE. Blake Snow or Luis Castillo, easy Castillo. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because he seems to have like broken through on the whip. Yep. You know, he, Blake Snell is kind of like reds Luis Castillo, except maybe not quite as, durable yeah and you know and, and has benefited from a great pitcher's park the last few years whereas yep. reds Luis castillo is pitching at a very tough ballpark that's right yeah for sure so so without getting into a wary signs i view blake sell as a number two but i think mm-hmm. people will view him as a number one and i get it he's gonna have whatever 230 something strikeouts this year going into tonight according to our earn auction value tool they were castillo and snell were both 20 worth 24 dollars uh okay. Now, again, that's, I, I might have, I don't know how I have tweaked the settings on that, but uh, at any rate, I mean, there it's Cole, it's Strider, Bautista, still Castillo and Snell. Um, next starting pitcher is Justin Steele. Snell or Steele? Snell. Another pitcher pitching Snell. tonight. I see Steele as a number two. two I, I tend to agree with you. Another pitcher going tonight, Zach Gallon. Snell or Gallon? Gallon, because because a gallon gallon is a whip guy. Career one point one. Yeah, the ERA uh, can bump around like gallon. Gallon's also been a pretty good workhorse mm-hmm. so he far. Has. Like thirty one starts this year, thirty one last year. He's been a little shakier in the last month. He had oh, absolutely, including tonight, yep. where he's given sure. up four runs through five. So yep, I don't know how many sure. of those are earned, but I just see the scores eight four Arizona right now. Yeah, it might come back to what you were saying. We were talking about Texas, where with Gallon at the end, like I know he's a little shaky down the stretch, but like every season's got its ups and downs. I think I'll just look at the sum total at the end. Uh, if the, yeah, and not how we got there with him. Snell versus the trio of Brewers starters. Uh, any of them? Would, would you take any of them behind Snell? Um, definitely not Burns. Um, no, I think I take them all in front of Snell. All right, three more pitchers, and I'll I'll let this go. Okay, uh, until next time. Framber, Zach Wheeler, Logan Webb. Any of those go after Snell? 
now I think you're just seeing that I'm just not the Snell guy. Yeah. Well, I I thought yep. twice about Logan Webb, but because his strikeout rate's pretty poor. But no. Mm-hmm. For, I'm really like, curious Logan to see who ponies up for Snell, yeah. by the way, in real life. If San Diego does, or who, or who, who does? Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, man, he's different than Otani in the sense of like absolutely every team can use another starting pitcher. Yeah. So, like any team would be interested in signing any good starting pitcher. It'll just be which team. I think just which team probably believes in his durability. We're talking about a guy who this is only the second time in his career he's reached 130 innings. Yeah, that's it's right. just going to be which team thinks they can count on him for, let's say he gets a four-year contract or something like that. I don't think he gets that much more than that. Like, like he'll be pushing it to get a fifth year. Yeah, he's already uh, at 174, uh, including yeah. seven tonight. So, yeah. there's so just, he's going to be around 180 innings after only one other time getting over 130 in his career. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just, so he's 31, be turning 31, sorry, after the season. Um, I think he gets four years. I don't know if he gets fifth year. Maybe, I don't know. Teams are really careful with their pitcher contracts right now. I mean, I think, which is another fascinating part of the Otani thing since he's a pitcher and a hitter rolled into one. Yeah. And I I find teams are, they'll pay the pitchers, but the length they're very careful on. Yeah. I mean, there's a paucity of good pitchers on the market and that may get them that extra year, but man, there's, it's risky for sure. I get it. I get it there. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see, uh, a couple other guys to throw out here. Um, Ryan Helsley, <laughs> his September may win people leagues. Yes. Yes. And is, uh, yeah, he looks every bit like in September, at least he's been every bit of what he was supposed to be going into the season. So mm-hmm. he hasn't been scored on since he came back off the IL. Most appearances are two strikeouts. You know, he's not walking anyone. He's not, no one can hit him. He looks like what he looked like last year. Yeah. So he's going to be a really interesting guy to value for next season because he's almost the same as going into the season. It was like, Hey, this Ryan Helsley guy was amazing last year. Like if he does what he does last year, again, this guy's a great value pick where he's going, but we're not sure if he can actually do it again. And then he didn't because he's only going to pitch about half the innings that he pitched pitched, uh, last year and his ratios aren't quite as good, but they're still pretty darn good. Yeah. So he'll be an interesting one. Like he won't be in the top five relievers and, and and it'll also be interesting. And we've talked about this a lot, but so many relievers were valuable coming into the season and had a good season. So their value holds or even increases. So he may not get in the top 10 relievers just because so many of them are coming off good seasons. So if he's sitting there as like the 11th or 12th closer, are you taking him? Yeah, probably. Like assuming everything seems good in spring training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. What about you? Yeah, I, me too. I am. Because he could be a league winner, and I think, like sometimes you got to take a chance on someone like that. Yeah, like um, he, like this is someone where like the way he's pitching in September, the way he pitched last year, even this year, if he could just do what he did this year, but stay healthy. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a cautionary tale, though. Helsley, Bautista, these yep. guys that throw mega hard are so awesome. It they burn bright for a couple of years, and they yep. could just go away too. Absolutely, and that, that's the scary part. Um, yeah, I want. Well, and we talked about that. Maybe that maybe that's the reason you should be aiming for closer ten. Yep, or, or, or just find. You know, you're not going to find the next Rivera, but find like the veteran guy that you. You know, maybe it's just Rizal Iglesias again. I know he had that scare mm. with the shoulder earlier, but. 
maybe that's kind of the answer. I don't know. It just he's always there, you know. It's just yep. the funny thing is, Rizel Glacius never been an all star. Uh, heard that on the red podcast today. Wow. Yep. I am shocked. I that that I find shocking. Yep. Because there are times where when he was on the Reds, where the Reds were not great, and he was a good closer. Mm-hmm. And guys get hurt, and they can't go in the game. Like I'm really shocked that you like can't participate in the game. I'm actually I'm very surprised about that. Yep. I was yeah. surprised at too, but yeah. you know, he's, he's missed time here and there, yeah. you know, he, last year he wasn't a closer for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he actually hasn't been great this year. Oh, he hasn't been great this year at all. Nope. Yep. For sure. But at the end of the great. day, I mean, you're looking at five wins, 29 saves and 60 plus strikeouts. Yeah. You're going to take that, especially for the, the, the year, discounted rate that you got on him this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you drafted him like Wait I did in labor before he was injured, even then, if you said to me you get five wins, thirty saves, I'd be like, yeah, ah, that's not bad. I, it's so, not quite worth where I took him, but like I probably he's about the fifth or sixth closer off the board. Like it's, it's still not bad. Same thing with Ryan Presley. I mean, you're kind of like, yeah, he's not great, but at the end of the day, thirty saves that, that, that gets you where you need to go. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, for two years in a row. I find the Ryan Presley ride a little bit of a roller coaster a little frustrating mm-hmm. too many saves going to other astros um this year's ratios are worse too uh but like you said again at the beginning of the year if you said he'd get you the 30 saves you'd be like yeah okay i'll take that you know who's kind of frustrating right now is yeah. is not because of his own performance but josh Hader. he only mm-hmm. he has quote unquote only 30 saves yeah he's only thrown 50 innings so far he's got the 30th one yeah yesterday and yeah, has he has a one twenty six ERA and he's only got thirty saves, he's only had thirty five chance and no wins, which is just in fantasy. Yeah, it's just that's a it's not a killer, but wins standings are tight every year mm-hmm. in most leagues. Win standings are tight, and you just kind of need your closer to just find his way to three or four wins. Right, and he he has this weird thing in his career where he just doesn't really. Like last year, he had two. He's got a year with, oh, I guess that's a shortened season with one. I don't know. He's just usually, again, maybe it's because he doesn't blow a lot of saves. So they don't pick up wins after he leaves. Well, but, here, here's your here's your other fun stat. Padres, 0-11 in extra innings this year. Yeah, that would explain it there. 6-22 like, and, and yeah. in one run game. So yeah. How many yeah. times did he pitch the ninth and then they couldn't win it in the 10th? Right, exactly. Yeah. They're not, yeah. they're not, they're not rallying. He doesn't blow saves. He doesn't. He can't, he doesn't get the blown save win factor, but he also doesn't get the tie game like win yeah. factor because they just don't, they don't rally around him. Yeah. It, it's insane. Yeah. And he does have five blown saves and none of those, they, yeah. they picked up the win right afterwards. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's not like he's blowing those saves in spectacular fashion because he's only given up uh, 10 runs all year, seven earned runs. So it's yeah. not like he's, when he's blowing those five saves, he's given up five runs and they can't come back. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, just, just unlucky. The Padres, yeah, uh, according yeah. to ESPN's expected win-loss record, are should be eighty-four and sixty-seven. But because they're so bad in one run and extra inning yeah. games, I mean, they just they they just find ways to lose. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that repeats. Which is another itself. reason they should bring it back next year. I agree. Just, I agree. And, and, and like, so there's that, and there's the disappointing performances from Machado and Tatis, and mm-hmm. like those are all reasons why you just just bring fix your pitching staff as best you can through free agency and bring it back next year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I completely agree with yeah. that. Yeah. So, all right. We're about the hour mark and I know it's like almost midnight in Toronto. So yep. uh, we're gonna let you go, dude. Um, penultimate podcast done. Uh, good stuff. 
Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks, yeah. everybody, for chiming in. If this was the penultimate, then I guess next week's has got to be the ultimate. Yes. Right? It's going to yes. be the ultimate podcast. The ultimate podcast. <laughs> yes. Action, yeah. action, action, fireworks. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're getting, we're crossing into WWE territory. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, big thanks to everybody. Todd Zola, especially for chiming. Everybody is Todd Zola chiming in in the chat. Appreciate him. Um, and uh, we look forward to doing this next week. Uh, t- on Thursday, I'm going to have Ariel Cohen joining us here. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk about using we talk we, the topic Fred and I touched upon last week about, you know, baking in reliability into our projections and rankings. Ariel actually has a formula for us. We're going to talk about that on Thursday morning. Looking forward to that. Uh, And of course we got James Anderson tomorrow's podcast. So lock it in. Thanks for tuning into us and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.